Welcome to Harvest Time. My name is Chris Harper, and our host on this program is Pastor Gary Walton, the pastor of Harvest Baptist Church. And every week, we tell the stories of Harvest Baptist Church by featuring interviews with special guests. Our mission is to help people develop a heart for God. This Sunday at church, we'll be focusing on prayer from James chapter 5. I'll talk to Pastor Walton about that in a moment. And today, I also want to welcome Dave and Annie Schultz to the program. So, Pastor Gary, Dave and Annie, welcome today. Thanks, Chris. It's good to have Dave and Annie with us in the studio today. Welcome to uh, KHMG. <laughs> Thank you. Chris, we're looking forward to uh, the services this Sunday. We're going to be talking about uh, prayer out of James chapter 5. And towards the end of the chapter, which is actually the end of the book, in verse 16, uh, James gives us this challenge to confess our faults one to another and pray. And then he says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And in the the illustration that he gives to follow, he talks about Elijah and how God used Elijah really fueled by prayer. Our burden as a church uh, for our ministry, uh, but even for us individually, is understanding that we can go through lots of uh, efforts on a human scale, but if we are not fueled by the power of prayer, then we really are doing things for nothing. And so uh, we want prayer to be a significant part of our ministry and a significant part of our personal lives. We've had the opportunity to address some of these bigger issues that we focus on as a church, and that's been a, a great opportunity to just refocus and rethink. If you've been a member of our church or attended our church for a long time, these are things we've heard for a long time, but it's a, a moment to step back and refocus and then you're new at the church, it's helpful too, because you begin to get a sense of where our church is coming from. And so, uh, is this one of those in the series? It is. We've been calling these the big rocks of ministry and sort of the analogy that we've used that if you don't, uh, if you don't put the big rocks in first, then you have a hard time uh, getting them in. And so, we've talked about a number of significant things uh, for us, and, and this is concluding that sort of Big Rock series, we'll talk about discipleship, which is another significant part, but um, in some ways, it, this puts the picture around the whole thing. No matter how many uh, efforts we try to make in ministry or in our personal lives, um, they have to be fueled by prayer. I, as I began these topics, I wondered if we would start with prayer or end with it, um, and determined that uh, maybe ending it would be the best, uh, just communicating along the idea that all of these things have to be founded on, uh, you know, God's working through us, and he asks us to pray. One of the other opportunities we've had over the past couple of weeks, because we've been thinking about Orphan Sunday last week, and uh, get an opportunity to focus on um, a similar idea uh, this week with Dave and Annie Schultz and uh, so, uh, Pastor, why don't you introduce them today as well? Yeah, it's really great for us to have Dave and Annie uh, with us, um, and I'm anxious to introduce them to you. Dave and Annie, you have been on Guam for about how long? And then tell us uh, how you got here and your connections at Harvest. So, we've been here two and a half years. We got here uh, June 2016. I'm in the Navy, so do construction management for the uh, Naval Facilities Command. Uh, so, we're out here doing construction for the next nine months or so before we head out. 
Okay, great. And uh, where have you served uh, prior to coming to Guam? My first duty station was in uh, Port Wanimi, California. I was there for about two years and then went down to San Diego for three years where Annie was already stationed. She's previously in the military, no longer. And Annie, you were saying you guys were married about seven years ago, seven and a half years ago? Yes, we graduated from the Naval Academy in uh, May of 2011, and we were married in June. And we spent the first two years of our marriage living separately. He lived north of L.A., and I lived down in San Diego. And he deployed during that time, and I worked... uh, (laughs) anywhere from 16 to 24 hour days. Mm. So uh, it was just a very busy part of our marriage. And then we both uh, transferred commands two years later and we ended up moving in together just in time to celebrate our second anniversary. (laughs) Yeah. And you arrived on Guam and uh, tell us a little bit about how God uh, connected you here at Harvest Baptist Church. Annie's the researcher in our family, so she listed up a couple of churches to check out. And uh, the very first Sunday we were here, I think we flew in on a a Thursday or a Friday and then came to Harvest on Sunday. And uh, our kids, for the first time in our lives, went straight into like the nursery and started playing with the kids there and the toys. So we just kind of backed away slowly and then went into the service. And uh, Pastor Heron at the time, we kind of, if it wasn't heresy, we were going to stick around. And it turned out he was an excellent pastor. And uh, right in the middle of the Roman series, so preaching straight out of the Bible was awesome. So uh, we've been here ever since. That's great. I didn't ask you about this earlier, but um, why don't you tell us a little bit about your spiritual story? How, how did you come to become a believer in Jesus? Did you grow up in church, or or how did God do that? Uh, bring you along in your spiritual life? Yeah, we both grew up in church, um, kind of different stories, but I was raised Lutheran my whole life. My uh, mom's dad was a Lutheran pastor. Uh, so we just grew up in the church. So I don't have that uh, road to Damascus story by any means, but uh, definitely uh, in the last decade matured significantly as a Christian as opposed to just that uh, kindergarten level of um, I'm a sinner, Jesus saved me, and I'm not going to go to hell now. Uh, and then definitely had uh, much more of a relationship built over the last decade or so. Great. Nanny, what's your story? Uh, similar to David, I was raised in a Christian home and um, attended Christian schools my entire life until I got to college. I learned about the gospel from my parents and my older sisters, and I have grown a lot with David over the past um, decade. We started out going to the chapel together um, at the academy every Sunday, and then from there we moved into a church in town that we um, felt that we'd be able to grow at, and then uh, moved to a different church in San Diego, and then finally found Harvest together out here in Guam. Well, you guys have been such a sweet part of the church family. Um, we've enjoyed your uh, your family very much, and just your faithfulness to God and your desire to serve Him. It's a great testimony of God's work in your life, and we're thankful for that. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about your own family, your children? Okay, we have a five-year-old son, Jack, and a three-year-old daughter, Riley, and a 22-month-old son, Levi, and we have our fourth child due in March. So you're at a busy time in life. Yes, it is very busy, very good. Uh, Which is interesting because we want to talk about uh, foster care. Uh, Chris was mentioning uh, last Sunday at Harvest was Orphan Sunday and just talking about the needs for foster parents across the island. I know that you have both, uh, your family has been open to, to foster 
children. Is that something that you did before coming to the island, or, or how did you begin to be burdened for the needs of foster children? We started fostering after we got to Guam, so we hadn't done it before. Um, we both, independently before we even started uh, dating, uh, had a burden to adopt on both of our hearts, uh, just something that I've been thinking about since I, as a teenager even. Um, and then Annie was like-minded. We got to Guam, and um, here at Harvest, we got obviously the uh, Harvest House Ministry opened up that door and really kind of showed us an opportunity. And when we first got here, we were um, found out we were expecting Levi, so it kind of slowed it a little bit. And then shortly after he was born, we did the paperwork to become foster family. And, um, yeah, I got placed with our first foster child when Levi was 13 or 14 months old. So, Annie, as, um, for both of you, I know that you're both very involved, not only in your, with your own children, but with the foster children as well. Um, Annie, you know, as you have young ones at home, uh, were you worried about what adding a foster child would, would do to an already busy home? And how did you work through that? <laughs> uh, our philosophy was, um, and as always has been, um, we'll foster as long as we... As long as our marriage is on solid ground and as long as our children are uh, thriving, you know, intellectually and spiritually and behaviorally. And so going into it, we uh, probably had a little bit of nerves, but we really felt at peace. Our kids were doing really well. We felt our marriage was in a good place and uh, just felt at peace going into the whole thing. And uh, thankfully, we've been blessed with three kids who love other kids love babies and there hasn't been any um there's definitely been challenges in other mm -hmm. areas but there hasn't been any jealousy um since we started fostering um seven eight months ago yeah i think that'd be a question that a lot of people would ask with young children is whether uh, how your your uh biological children you know related and whether they felt left out or jealousy in any way, but you'd say they've not. And um. No, we um, taught them. We've been telling them for um, over a year now that there are some babies whose parents are not able to take care of them and uh, that we might have the opportunity to love on those babies the way that God loves them and be able to provide for them for some amount of time. We told them it could be for the next 18 years. It could just be for a week or two. could, you know, be some amount of time in between. But uh, if God gives us this opportunity to take care of and love another child, then uh, we'll go ahead and do it. And they were all really excited about bringing a baby into the house and just loved. We've had two uh, newborns so far, and um, our kids have just, loved them like a biological sibling and the day comes to let them go or return them to their parents and you know we remind them every day this child might not be with us tomorrow we don't know what's going to happen and so just continuing to remind that to remind the kids and plant that seed in their mind and keep them thinking like this this could be a temporary situation uh they've been able to say goodbye to the kids very seamlessly and um, just appreciate the time that we were able to include them in our family. It really is an amazing gift, I think, that you've given not just um, to the, the children, the foster children that are in your home to be able to be part of the loving family um, that is the Schultz home, but I think it's really a gift to your children um, to be able to 
understand the bigger picture and, you know, as a family be uh, involved in this is saying that we can show the way that God's loved us in a very, you know, it's a, it's a very practical, clear illustration for your children right in the middle of your home. I think it's beautiful. So thank you guys for being willing to do that. I know your children are blessed by that. And we uh, would also expect that there probably are some challenges um, in this time. Can you talk about any of the challenges that you've faced either in preparation for fostering or even as you've been having children in your home? Well, you certainly, all the, um, all the little bumps in the road that happened with having a newborn. We've had a, a child who's under one year old for the last almost two years now in our house, minus a small little window. So, uh, I mean, just the nighttime feedings and all that, dealing with the, those issues. Um, but I mean, it, it's not, it's not, when you look at the benefit to it and the opportunity we have to affect a kid's life, it's just negligible in comparison. Are there any specific um, lessons that you feel like God has taught the two of you as uh, you've had these opportunities? Well, I think, as you were mentioned earlier about the prayer, power of prayer, I'm definitely kind of a, uh, want to be a more of a controlling personality, have as much information as I can to make, uh, be able to affect my circumstances as much as possible. And just being so helpless in this whole situation that, yeah, we have this child and we're caring for him, but uh, we're at the mercy of the court and the social worker and all these other people involved that we don't really have any decision-making power and we're getting all of our information second or third hand. Uh, just seem like we're in the dark the whole time or a lot of the time. And uh, just really you get to the point where it's you have to accept that you have no power to influence the situation or very little power. Uh, and so just forces you back to turn back to God. And again, in prayer all the time, just praying for the foster baby that we have, praying for his family, if it's going to go back to live with them, that they will uh, get in the right mind and uh, get their life back together so that they can provide that level of love and care for the kid that we're trying to provide. And I know that you've also, <clears throat> in conjunction with your foster parenting, you've been involved uh, with Harvest House, you know, here at Harvest, um, and uh, not just in some of the support that it's provided you as foster parents, but you guys have volunteered and, and been a part of the growing ministry that God's developing here. Um, do you have any specific burdens for Harvest House or maybe some ways that that's been a help and an encouragement to you? Uh, we, we definitely, um, Harvest House definitely struck a nerve with us when we first got here. We got here just before the Resource Center opened up, and one of my first memories of Harvest in general was uh, Bethany Taylor with her little table out front down by Hub, um, trying to just talk about the foster families and like the need of foster kids on on Guam. Um, so it's been a great opportunity. It's like I said earlier, we burdened to help uh, orphans and then foster kids. We hadn't really thought about fostering before we got to Guam, but that just seemed to be just a, a clear conduit of how we could help um, people in need, people who were, um, while we weren't quite positioned to take in a foster kid when we first got here, um, to be able to support other foster families who were doing that. And uh, it's just, you can definitely, every time you talk to Josh or Bethany, you can tell uh, how adamantly they are in love with all the foster kids in Guam. So it's uh, contagious for sure. Even as we were talking uh, last week uh, in, in church about, um, about orphans and God's care for those that uh, have needs, um, one of the things that, that we know, and this reminds us again of, is that our faith is lived out in real world 
And because of the love that God has shown on us, he's given us the opportunity and the privilege really of turning around and caring for other people. And in fact, the Bible's pretty clear that if we, if we fail to do that, then we really have lost the big picture of God's love for us. And um, we know that there are others, needy people, needy people group on the island, but for sure, uh, it's not hard for us to understand that a, a young child that has somehow uh, lost the benefit of their family for a period of time is in need of, of love and the opportunity to show God's love for them is really a powerful gospel story. Um, so again, thank you, uh, Dave and Annie, for being willing to serve in this way. Thank you for being willing to open up your home. Thank you for the good example that it's provided for our church. Um, and our prayers that God would uh, use this uh, in your life, in the lives of your children, um, to continue to show the picture of the gospel, and even to many people around you, um, the love that you've shown for these children. So, And thanks for being with us today. It's good to hear your story a little bit and the burden that God's placed on you for uh, foster children. Thank you for having us. And thank you for listening today to this edition of Harvest Time. We'd like to personally invite you, of course, to services this weekend at Harvest Baptist Church as we begin Sunday mornings, 9.30 a.m. We have children's programs, adult Bible fellowships. If you happen to come and you stop at the kiosk right in front of the auditorium, folks there can direct you to where you can take your children or where you can go for class. Then at 10.30 a.m., we have our regular morning worship service as we'll be focusing on prayer from James 5. And if you'd like more information, you can always go to our website, hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. Thanks again for listening to Harvest Time.